Welcome to Preaching for the Long Haul, a podcast where we hope to shape a vision for preaching or lifetime. My name is Solomon Morchpo. And I'm Jake Barron. We'll be your hosts. And today we've got uh, a new topic that we're bringing to you. What should we bring into the pulpit with us? Um, And I'm going to narrow it right now for us because hopefully your answers to that question aren't crazy. But we, uh, specifically, what paper should you bring into the pulpit with you, if any? which is one of the options, is nothing. Um, But we're talking about manuscripting, outlining, or coming in with no notes. And uh, this is a conversation. And no Bible. And no Bible. No Bible. (laughs) We we never bring Bibles into the pulpit. Always iPads. Um, This is a conversation between two young preachers, as we say all the time. So we'll come at it from our angle of what we do and uh, with the perspective knowing that a lot of people would recommend younger preachers to bring manuscripts. Would you say that's accurate, Solomon? I think so. I think when you read, when you read old, the old dead guys, I'm thinking specifically <laughs> Charles Simeon. Those guys. Uh, yeah, they would tell they would tell guys to write their full manuscript. Yeah. So we'll talk about why we bring what we bring, what we bring, and uh, what the options are, and some of what we've heard other people encourage. So first off. Solomon, what in your current preaching practice do you bring into the pulpit with you and why? If it's consistent, you can talk about that. If it's not, talk about what you change. Yeah, totally. So the last year specifically, and I've changed from the from I mean the three years prior, but the last year specifically, almost every single sermon that I've preached, I've brought a manuscript with me into the pulpit. Mm. And For me, I mean, it was the process of when I write it out, I have so much more clarity and I actually can make an argument with my preaching rather than I circle. My tendency naturally, I think, is to circle. And there was... What what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I will sit around a topic and if 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 it's like a bullet point in my note... I will sit there and talk circles around it until me subjectively feels like the room gets it and is following me. And then I'll move on to my next bullet point and circle there. And so I spend subjectively, like it it just so depends on how I'm feeling that day Mm. of how long I spend on each point, where I'm at. But if I actually have written out an argument and there's a flow, I I can actually articulate and move forward and say the things that I want to say. And so I bring the manuscript with me so that I still don't circle, but I'm actually having access to the clarity in front of me. And so I have no excuse to not be clear in my arguments uh, as I'm unpacking the scriptures and exhorting the people into a direction. Because you're bringing an essay into the pulpit, essentially, with you, right? uh, Well... Depends on what you mean. I <laughs> like I'm not I'm not just reading a paper. Is is not what I'm. That's not what I'm doing as I'm bringing a manuscript with me. But I do think and I do believe that the sermon should be an argument. Like you should be going a certain direction and building upon. Like it should be logically building upon itself um, from the text and then exhorting the people to a direction uh, that the text is calling them to. But you're wanting to show them so that they see 
and they walk away being convinced, not just with their heart, but also even in their own mind. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, you said you're not just reading a paper, but what else is a manuscript? What are you doing if you're not just bringing up a paper and reading it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably, there's probably a range even within manuscript preachers for what they're doing when they bring a manuscript up. So, I mean, there are guys, I mean, you can even think about the different professors that we had back at school. I'm thinking we had, um, there's a professor, Dr. De Rose, every time she taught a class, she would bring a manuscript with her, but she was clearly reading her manuscript like it, like it was a piece of literature. Uh, and she was a literature prof, so it made sense that that's kind of where she was. But I think even of a guy like Piper, where if you listen to him in general, unless you hear his like papers flapping around or he mentions he loses his place, you can't really tell in his cadence or his, the way he speaks or his passion or the way that he's dialoguing necessarily that he is talking to you from a manuscript. Mm. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Does that just make him a good writer or does that make him a different manuscripter? I think, I think that's a different use. There's like different uses of your manuscript. And, and even for me, I bring my manuscript up, but my goal isn't to stand behind it the whole time. Like it's there for me so that when I know I'm feeling like I'm losing my train of thought or when I'm, or when I start, when I'm starting to circle, I come back to where I am in my manuscript in that, and, and it helps me to keep my place. That's, so that's maybe even a different kind of manuscripting than I must read every single word off of my paper. Yeah. What's some of the feedback you've gotten about manuscripting this year? Yeah. So, yeah. So the reason why I started to manuscript this year was I, before this, I mean, our professors at Moody, especially you know, in the classes that I was taking, the way I was taking them, the professors valued internalizing your sermon so much that you didn't need to bring anything but your Bible. And so for, and for me, I still think that's somewhat of an ideal for me. Like I, I, th- I think one day there will be a day where that is what I get to do. Um, and we'll see, you know, I don't know if that's just, I just will never have enough time to do that. But so, so all of my sermons that I preached basically for two years while, while we were at school, I never brought anything with me besides my Bible. And, I, and that was awesome. I felt great about that. And then we came here, and I started this job, and I started preaching. And I started preaching. I didn't manuscript. I would only bring an outline. And one day, my wife listens to one of my sermons, and she goes, you sound like you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and she like, would know, right? <laughs> oh, totally. totally. She's, she, she's listened at least to, at this point. I mean, she's listened to more of my preaching now than to anybody else, and we've only been married a year and a half. And so it's, I, I realized, oh, I don't think I am actually clear. And even when I preached with no notes, I would write a manuscript and then internalize it so much that I didn't need it. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to write manuscripts every time I preach, and I'm just going to bring it with me because I don't have enough time to internalize it. And so that was basically the start of, I need clarity. I don't have a lot of time. I'm young. 
Like I'm learning my job and my context and I just want to have as much clarity as possible when I'm preaching. And I don't want to, like, I, for the sake of trying to be present or, or being or feeling cooler because I don't need to bring anything, I, I, it was an act of humility for me to be like, I'm going to write it and I'm going to bring it with me because I don't think I can do it without it right now. And in that sense, I don't think my preaching has ever been clearer. And that's been some of the feedback even this year. Wow. That's so good. And I, I can testify that I do not experience, when I've seen you manuscript preach, it doesn't feel like you're reading a manuscript to me. Truly, it doesn't. I'm an outliner. Um, you know, I tried to do a manuscript this year for the first time in ministry. I manuscripted at school a couple of times and hated it, and then tried to outline once this year. I mean, tried to manuscript one once this year in uh, a ministry sermon, and I think I've just gotten so into the habit of outlining that I basically tried to preach my manuscript as an outline, and it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I lost my place so many times, Would had no direction because I would try to preach it like an outline in my mind, but the manuscript was clearly making an argument. And so this is not a commentary on the uh, ineffectiveness of manuscripting, but more of my inability to do it thus far, where I, it's actually as much of a craft as outlining is something I need to improve in if I'm going to try it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I, th- I really do think there's... It's different kinds of preaching. Like your, your mind is thinking about it differently with whatever you're bringing up. Because especially if it's something that you've done over and over and over again, like you have a system that's built in that this is how often I look back at my notes. This is how often I'm looking at the people. I, I know how far I can trail off until my next point. But if you're with a manuscript, I mean, even for me now, this last year has been a journey of, Oh, I know if I talk for this long, I'm I've made it this far down into my into into this page. And so and so like trying to find my po- my place, but when I started this year, I literally my finger needed to tr- to run across every single word <laughs> so that when I looked up, I wouldn't lose my spot. And and so there's just been I've done it enough this year now where I can I can actually know, okay, I'm about this far down because of how long I talked. Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense. And, you know, what's interesting is my outlines end up being half, it's like a hybrid, like a manuscript outline. Yeah. And I don't come up with just three sentences in a big point written on a piece of paper and say, oh, you're unless I, I'm preaching, as you said, in an ideal circumstance that I've internalized the sermon, which I would... Uh, also say that that is my ideal place is where, oh, I've practiced this sermon so many times, I know it so many times that I don't even need to bring anything up with me. Um, but currently, with my current practice and the amount I'm able to prep for my preaching, I bring up something that's somewhat of a hybrid where I do write out some sentences and have bigger chunks to my outline, but ultimately it is an outline uh, that's thick. It's like a fat outline is really... Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. it so, Jake, what, what do you feel... Like are the disadvantages for bringing an outline instead of instead of a manuscript? 
So here was the best piece of sermon feedback I've gotten this year. Perhaps I've, I've gotten some good feedback and helpful feedback, but this is one that stuck with me. <clears throat> What's that? I was told this year after I preached on a Sunday morning that um, I'm, I'm gifted in my communication abilities and charismatic presence on the stage, but that actually that gifting could be a weakness of mine because it would cause me to rely on my gifting rather than on my preparation. Mm. And he basically told me, he was like, you didn't do that during that sermon, but I could actually feel that on a sermon where you're less prepared, that's totally an option for you to take up an outline and then basically preach a different sermon because of gifting rather than because of preparation and faithful exegesis. And I would say that that is a fault of mine but also a reality with an outline is that outlines are just less accountable. They really are. And so one of the reasons you said Charles Simeon, he, he talks about young preachers yep. specifically should use manuscript. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that makes sense to me because we are, we, we can go AWOL uh, if we're not careful. And I don't know that we have the wisdom or experience to do that all the time and to confidently be able to say what it, I, I reflect back on my sermons this year and think of several things I said where I go, Oh, I wouldn't have said it that way. Or I wonder if I implied something there that wasn't helpful, or I, I just brought up a rabbit trail point that I didn't speak into because it wasn't part of my outline. Right. And then it brought up more questions than answers for students. Right. And, and I can look back and go, Oh, my disorganization due to the result of outlining might actually cause confusion and obscurity rather than uh, clarity and precision right yeah and and i think the person coming to mind specifically is charles i mean i'm wondering even if augustine is there with him but his his advice to young preachers is i i think it's the first five years i could be super wrong but like the first five years of a preacher's life you you should just bring a manuscript with you because you you're like your well isn't deep enough like you don't know enough you haven't lived enough life to to go up without having thought through every single word you're going to say because we what you're going to what comes in the moment is almost just just statistically probably less powerful less clear less articulate than than if you would have just thought it out beforehand like on the spot almost where in in our stage of life as young men i i would probably say that's probably true that our thoughts in the moment are probably less clear and less powerful and less articulate than than if we thought about it beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. And I just hear that advice and then immediately ignore it. There was a reality where I'm like, oh, that, that totally convicts me. And I realized oh, I could probably improve a lot of, which is why I tried to bring up that manuscript earlier this year. But it one thing I've realized is for me to manuscript means for me to spend more time on my sermons. Yep. And that's something I want to do and should do. And there's a lot of things I want to do and should do in this world that time, time is an enemy of and feels like that right now. So maybe in a couple of years on this podcast, you guys are going to hear me talking about how I switched to manuscripts for a season and it was really good for me. Yeah. And, and I, I really do think manuscripting has forced it. Here's what I think was been super helpful this year. It has forced me to, into a discipline of just doing it. And, and here's what I've even felt is sometimes sermon prep feels so intangible. Like as I'm reading the text over and over again, and I'm gleaning things from the scriptures, and, I, and even as I'm reading commentaries, 
like it's it's just at the most a a bullet point list of notes of things that I have gleaned and seen, but manuscripting for me has made the preparation so tangible. You know, you're speaking pretty highly of manuscripting over here, Salman. Tell me about the disadvantages <laughs> of manuscripting versus outlining. What are the problems with it? Yeah, here, here's even, I mean, it puts, and here's the thing with bringing anything into the pulpit with you, is it puts something between you and the people immediately. Mm. And so less so with notes, but especially when you're bringing, I mean, and, and essentially an eight, to 16 page paper, however big your font is, if you're spacing, whatever, but, and, and you're bringing it with you and that's just standing between you and the people. Literally or, or figuratively? What Both. do you mean? Both. So, I mean, if you're using a pulpit, like I did a couple Sundays ago and my stack paper was there in between us and I was standing behind the pulpit, or if, or even if my if I'm preaching at youth group and it's on the music stand and the music stand is on the side, my my manuscript is constantly coming back to mind and I'm having to go back and constantly having to look instead of being able to be present there with the people the whole time. Which which is I mean no notes or with at least with an outline, you're. Your, your outline will only take you so far if you're just staring at it. Like, it, it won't carry you the same way that a manuscript. I could preach my whole sermon and never look up. You know, I could, I could speak all the things I want to say and never make eye contact with anyone I'm talking to. Do, do you rabbit trail with manuscripts? Do you go and, and sit in a point that isn't in your manuscript? Sometimes. Here's what I'll say, too, is... Jared Wilson, he's, he's the guy from Midwestern, um, has written several different books, um, and, he's, and he's a pastor. He's a heart for pa- he has a heart for pastors. He was pastor for a while, um, and he came to speak at Moody. But, but, but one thing that he, he's a huge advocate for manuscript preaching, and he actually says for himself, the way he's wired and gifted, bringing a manuscript with him actually frees him up to be more present with people to, to, to be discerning of what he feels like the spirit is immediately pressing on his heart where he knows, oh, I, c- I can go here and I can come back. Like I can, I can run down this hole for a little bit and then come back. And, and so I, th- I think there is a level of that. And, and so I do it way less, but I think when I do, it's felt more intentional. It's felt more impactful in, in my preaching and less even of a, should, should I have done that? I'll mention one more advantage to manuscripting that I discovered this week really fast. Uh, my friend Matt Bolden, he and I are preaching at our middle school winter weekend in a couple weeks. And each of us has two sermons, and we're trying to be really unified in the content because we're preaching on one one piece of content for the weekend, one idea. And I asked him for a video of him preaching his sermons and practicing them so I could be unified with him. And he replied and said, hey, I manuscript my sermons. Can I just do that for you and send you my manuscripts because I read them word for word? And he, and I just in that moment was like, oh, I can get the fullness of his content immediately right. just on paper and yep. know what he's going to say and even give him good feedback without ever seeing him preach. Yep. And there's, you know, reading a paper is different than hearing someone preach, surely. 
But there is a reality where I just can't do that with my outlines. If I send my outline to you, it's going to seem like cryptic nightmares. You're just going to sit there and be like, what is this? Right. Yeah. And and here, that's, that's another piece of manuscripting that I've felt is, one, it's easier to share it. And, and in history, I appreciate the guys who manuscripted their sermons. Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he transcribed. He, he th- those were people who they sat in his in his in the pews and they wrote out and they went those out and they sold it. Quick hands, man. Oh, totally. And and so he actually didn't manuscript, but but there are like, I mean, you think about. I've heard about in the African American tradition, it's it's hard for them to go back and to find old sermons of of when they were slaves in America, because because their people just didn't write out their sermons. And so I I, I know like guys like H. B. Charles or Eric Redman, like those guys advocate that black preachers manuscript their sermons for the sake of the future of their, of the church, of their tradition. It's like, wh- wh- where can they go back and look to? And, and not to say that we should be thinking about it that way in, in for ourselves, but, but I think even for when I'm thinking about how do I look back, how do I know what I said? And, and I, I do record all of my sermons, but I have this Google Doc with all of the manuscripts I've ever written on all of the passages I've ever preached on, and I can immediately go back. What did I say when I preached on Galatians 5 last time? Hmm. And, and it's so quick access, I don't have to listen to my whole sermon. So, so that's another practical piece that's been helpful. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Okay, so when you reflect on some of your best sermons what have you brought with you during those sermons? We mentioned it earlier. My best sermons have been internalized. And I would say rarely do I bring nothing into the pulpit. Even when I really well, really effectively internalize a sermon, I prefer to still have some version of an outline um, just to fall back and to recognize that any preacher, no matter how well you internalize a sermon, can drop a point in their mind. And to do that, with its high consequences, depending on what you're preaching, to just sit up there and have a brain fart and sit there and have nothing to say and realize, oh, in this moment, I don't, I have nothing to retreat to. Um, I don't want to find myself in that situation. And I don't think you ever have to, literally ever have to. You can always bring, uh, unless it's an assignment for school, which we had some of those, yeah. um, where even the consequences are lower, I would say, because you're not preaching to a congregation of people who are looking for a word from the Lord. You're preaching to professors who are looking to criticize you. Right. Um, so uh, all that to say, my best sermons have been in, incredibly internalized where I've preached them four to 10 times in practice and had them down and been able to preach them without notes. But then I've brought into the pulpit still a really small outline with my big point, my three main points, however many main points, and maybe a couple of specific application points. That's, that's one for me that I typically use my outline very uh strictly for is when i have very particular application points that i want to make like specific sentences is about a specific application then i i write those down word for word and say them while i'm up there because i just recognize i don't remember three or four application points in a row that are specific right yeah what about yourself i think my best sermons have probably been either a small outline, or no notes, and and that feels weird. Where, but but I'll, I would also say I think my worst sermons 
have also been when I bring a small outline <laughs> and no notes. And this, so that's a weird place. It's like a weird place to be where it feels like at least the last year. And, and I mean, and we can even talk about this, Jake. I mean, I just got re- feed, feedback recently that's like, I, yeah, I don't think you need, a, you need a manuscript. And but But it feels like the last year, bringing a manuscript into the pulpit, there's like, I, I know, I know maybe I'll, I'll feel less present, but most of my sermons will at least be in the relative ballpark of the clarity that I'm wanting and what I'm wanting to say. And I think the way that I'll feel about my, I like, I know decently the way I'll feel walking away from the sermon in terms of content, if I bring a manuscript with me. But I do think the best sermons that I've preached have probably been when either when I've internalized fully and I don't have to bring anything with me, or when I bring only a small outline, and I know, yeah, this, this is the word that the Lord has given to me to speak to these people, and, I, and I'm confident in it. So, Yeah, so t- just even speaking about that, tell me about why you're not taking away from the power of the Holy Spirit when you manuscript your sermons. Why, why is that? Why is having that level of preparation not uh, quenching the Spirit yeah, that's a great question. Um, because the spirit is present in the study. Like the spirit is present in the writing. And the spirit, and I, and I trust that he is. Like I trust that as I'm studying my Bible, as I'm reading commentaries, as I'm looking for and understanding what this means, that the spirit is the one giving me understanding through my study. And as I'm writing, I'm trusting that the Spirit is the one giving me clarity through my writing. And that he will use the preparation to speak to the people. And, and so in that sense, I don't think it's less... I, I think there's probably a way to trust fully on what you've written and on yourself rather than the Spirit. But I don't think maybe any more so than if you're gifted as a preacher and as a charismatic leader for you to trust yourself and your gifting as opposed to the spirit. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. So you're inspired when you read the scriptures. Is that what you're saying? Your spirit inspired? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the spirit speaks directly to me (laughs) so that I dictate my (laughs) manuscript. (laughs) I have another question for you, but this one's relatively off topic. Um, uh, what kind of Bible do you, what's your Bible situation that you bring into the pulpit? Do you, uh, would you bring in notes written in your Bible? Would you bring in your study Bible, the one that you read for devotionals in the morning? Do you have one Bible in your life? What do you bring with you when you preach? Yeah, typically now I have one Bible that I bring with me and it's an ESV study Bible from a company called Paul's Leather. And it's, it's something my wife gave me. It's a really nice leather-bound Bible. And it's not necessarily a preaching Bible, but it falls open. Per, like perf- It's the one I personally read from, and it's, and it's a beautiful book. And, I, and it's the one I bring with me everywhere I go, including the pulpit. So it's not necessarily, yeah, this is what I feel like you need to preach from or what I feel like I need to preach from. Like, I've preached from other like other bibles before and and, and here's the piece too maybe maybe this is my greatest lament in the last year in my preaching is and 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 i try to intentionally battle this but i almost don't read 
the scriptures from my Bible when I manuscript anymore because I'm so afraid of losing my spot in my <laughs> manuscript. And so it's 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 so it's so terrible. I, I miss and I and I think it it's a disservice to the people that that there are times when I preach that I don't open up my Bible and the people don't see me doing that. Yeah. So you wouldn't put like a little highlighter point to, to between your two paragraphs in your manuscript where you're you've got text reading or something? I do, I do. It's in my all of my manuscript the scriptures are in red. And and so I could immediately jump back, but I yeah, I I, I think it's mostly fear, hmm. if anything, that, that I don't do it. Mm. It's fear and convenience. Thank you for that honesty. Yeah, yeah. But it, do you, do you have an answer for what kind of Bible you bring, Jake? It's changed. I three months into this job bought a preaching Bible. Um, so I hate preaching out of the same Bible. I do my devotions out of. I know that's weird, and I I have a pretty convoluted devotional system. I think I could probably say at this point, um, switching Bibles every year. But and he uh, does his Greek every day. Well, you know what. <laughs> And is memorizing whole books of the Bible. All I can say is it just, (laughs) my my Greek every day is what makes me a good preacher. Jake Jake inspires me. (laughs) Jake inspires me. So in terms of what I bring into the pulpit, I actually, uh, I I wanted a preaching Bible. Do you remember that? We had a class at Moody in the beginning where the head of the homiletical major basically made the point. He brought up this calfskin big Bible, just fat Bible. Bigger than your face. Bigger than your face. And put it on the pulpit in the classroom and said to us, every one of you needs to invest in one of these Bibles yep. as a preacher. And he pointed at one of the Bibles in the room, which was one of those little pocket Bibles, and said, you expect to preach out of that? You can't even read it. And <laughs> I thought, I remember. I remember asking him, like, "What's what else is different about that Bible besides it being big? And I didn't feel like I got an answer to that question that was helpful from yeah. him. But nevertheless, the point was made in my mind forever where I'm like, oh, I should have a big visual Bible that I can actually really effectively read out of. And so I got a preaching Bible at the beginning of this year. Something else I do, which is just part of my personal goals, is I hope to preach out of every chapter in the Bible. Not every verse, but every chapter in the Bible before I die. Yep. And so I write the date of when I preach a chapter um, in the preaching Bible I have so I can just have it. Whoa, yeah, yeah, dude, what a what a system! That's yeah. crazy. That's it's awesome. It's completely unnecessary for <laughs> anybody. Simply out of joy of the task of preaching. Oh but. yeah. Well, well, Jake. The, here, here's the last question for you. When is it okay for a preacher to consider using no notes at all? It's not. Don't consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, you know. Under pastoral authority from who you're preaching under, if you're doing a congregation, you should communicate to them that that's your plan and see if they're okay with that. That's the first thing I would do here at Calvary would be, if I was going to bring no notes on a Sunday morning sermon or something, I would communicate to my pastor and say, hey, this is my plan. How do you feel about this? Do you feel like I'm experienced enough for this? But the second is you need to practice it five times um, and, and have it truly internalized and, and know what you're going to say and practice it in front of other people who can affirm, oh, you have this internalized. It doesn't feel like you have no notes up there. Um, just I, that, that's what I would say as a young guy. Is, I, I know some preachers who do it every week and they're amazing. And I, I'm not one to step in and say they shouldn't do that. But for us, I would say we need to be uh, affirmed by pastoral authority. What do you think? 
when is it okay for you to use no notes? I think when you have 20 hours of prep time. Like I, I, that's like, a low ball know, number too, huh? Like I, I mean, and and uh, yeah, I mean low ball in, in the sense of that's that's the number sometimes thrown out by guys like, I mean MacArthur is a guy who's like when I when I stepped in as a pastor I needed thirty hours a week. You don't know what it takes, and 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 uh, that's just not been I mean our reality or I think the reality of guys that we know, uh, where where you can just even spend half of your work week. Or even I, I think it's I think it's a lot when I can spend ten hours on my sermon, but but I think if you have fifteen to twenty, I think you could do it. Like I think you could internalize your sermon. I think you can go up with no notes, and but but that's putting a lot of weight on those first ten hours that you're getting your exegesis done, that you're writing your sermon, that you're and you're spending the rest of the time just internalizing. I, I think that's what th- that would be my thoughts. Yeah, I like that answer, Solomon. Any last thoughts before we close? Uh, here, here's what I'll say, and and we were talking about this right before we recorded this episode, but one of the pieces of feedback that I've received from a pastor after preaching Sunday was that my particular gifting and wiring does not require me to use a manuscript, and and I, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what that means. But but he, he he's I think he I think he was telling me like your gift is being present with the people and you don't need that extra piece standing in between you and them. And and so that's a piece of advice that I'm gonna pray through and wrestle through in these next few months of yeah, how do I how do I lean in maybe on this way that God has wired me? And yeah, that that that, that would be my piece. I don't know if you have any other thoughts, Jake. Nope, just uh, preachers who are listening, good luck to you. Lord be with you as you're preparing your sermons and writing your manuscripts and putting it in the outline work. It's a lot of work. So Yeah, I'll, and I'll there is there is no perfect way to do this. Yeah, there's there's no right answer. I think that's there's preference yeah. and advice and wisdom, but yeah. there's no right answer. Great. Well, listeners, you've been listening to Preaching for the Long Haul, a podcast where you hope to shape a vision for preaching for a lifetime. Mm-hmm.